0: You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere.
1: Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Blue Jays reporter, Gregor Chisholm. And, Gregor, obviously it's been an eventful time with the Blue Jays since we last spoke, uh, particularly over the weekend with the melee in Texas and everything that's come from that. Uh, So let's start there before we get into the series with the Rays that hasn't gone the Blue Jays way so far through a couple of games. But, Uh, The brawl, obviously, was what it was. Um, At the end of the day, the Blue Jays come out of it uh, not injured, which is obviously important. And also, when it comes to uh, as far as uh, suspensions and, and fines, they'll survive that as well with Jose Batista just getting the one game. Uh, Chavez getting three games givens always obviously not having your manager for three games hurts but it's not the end of the day uh, once the penalties came out on Tuesday what was the reaction of the Blue Jays overall
0: well Batista is go- going to appeal his he, he does think that he has a case for the most part I think everyone else was pretty understanding of it I, Gibbons knew he was going to get something I think he was hoping more for like the two game range instead of three but uh, for the most part, this team knew it was coming. And to a certain extent, they they caught a few lucky breaks along the way as well because uh, Kevin Pillar and Josh Donaldson were, were pretty active on the field during that altercation, and they, they ended up just getting fines and not a suspension. So uh, it, it could have been a lot worse uh, in terms of punishment from the Blue Jays end. Uh
1: After the actual event, I was a little surprised by the, the honesty of Batista and Gibbons game, And a I guess to a degree, it was kind of refreshing, Um, just kind of backing up their side. And Batista, uh, you know, he he said what was on his mind for sure. Uh, The other side, the Rangers seem to kind of stay away from anything controversial. But Batista came right out and said what he felt. And that's kind of who he is, right? He's never been a guy that holds anything back. You think back to the offseason when he was talking about his contract and that kind of thing. He always tells you what's on his
0: mind. Yeah, he really does, and and he that was kind of vintage Batista in that moment. It was it was a lot of honesty, and, and you know that was something that was that was referenced as well and, and as a reason for uh, his one game suspension. Did reference the post game uh, comments in that release, and so but that's just that's the way he operates. And, and Gibbons kind of the same way. I think Gibbons was was coming out and, and trying to defend his players after what had happened, and I think more than anything. Ah, uh, people inside the Jays clubhouse were were upset with the timing of, of what had happened. The fact that it was Batista's final at bat of the series; these these two teams had, had met seven times before. Uh, this was going to be the final time this season. I think that was uh, one of the things that that upset people in the clubhouse the most.
1: Yeah, they they wait till the end, and then I thought it was interesting because it happened so late. Batista's on first base. If the next batter pops up. Who knows what happens, right? But instead, it's a ground ball, double play ball, which allows Batista to to have the chance to go hard into second base, and and the rest is history. I mean, who knows? Uh, Chávez may have come back and and hit fielder the next inning, regardless of what had happened, and then you might have had the uh, the melee. But uh, certainly interesting how it how it all plays out. And you know, they're not going to see each other again this regular season, but. Both teams have playoff aspirations. Can you imagine what it would be like if this team, these two teams found each other again in October?
0: Yeah, it would be an entirely new level, and <laughs> uh, I think I think both cities are kind of open for that because this is, this is a really surprising rivalry. I mean, and you never would have really expected this between uh, the Rangers and Blue Jays, and uh, you know, you think of some of the American League East teams more before you think of them, but, but that just shows you that the height of the motions that happened last year, and uh, in the postseason, and obviously, that, that has been taken to an entirely new level this year.
1: All right, moving on to to this week and the play on the field, which has had their own problems as far as the Blue Jays go, as they drop back to back games to the Rays at home. Uh, and it's not just that they lost these games, Gregor 13 to 2 and 12 to 2. Uh, and it was Hap and Stroman on the mound. I mean, there's a lot of big, uh, bad, like warning signs there right when you send your best two pitchers out or who have been your best two pitchers and they get beaten up the way they have by a raised team that's not exactly known for its offense
0: yeah no exactly and that I mean it's it was all around bad baseball in the, in the first couple of games of this series I mean it was, it was all facets of the game the, the offense continued to struggle uh, the fielding was really an issue at times and then uh, the one big strength of this team so far has been the starting rotation. And, and you kind of figured that, that some of these guys were due for a bad outing. Unfortunately for the Blue Jays, it happened in back-to-back games, and that, that kind of magnifies everything else. I mean, the, the Jays weren't playing particularly well before this. Uh, they were on an okay run, but they haven't really jumped out to that kind of lead that a lot of people thought that they would in that division. And, and when you lose two games in that type of fashion, it really kind of magnifies everything else that's been going on with the team and, and probably makes it even seem that things, things are a little bit worse than what than they actually are.
1: Yeah, and happen Stroman each taking their first loss of the season in this series. It felt like a big series going in, Gregor. Um, you have two teams that, that both, I think, ha, you know, plan to contend this season. Of course, every team in the East, I think, entered the year with that thought. And both teams not off to the starts they wanted to get off to, uh, going head-to-head. It just felt like, while it's only mid-May, this is a key series. So how big is it for the Blue Jays to kind of dust themselves off here and not get swept by the Rays?
0: Yeah, it's really big because the the Jays are kind of in that precarious situation right now where their season can go in in two different directions, and that's why I think the next couple weeks is is really important for this team uh, to really remain in contention. I mean, uh, this is not a team that's going to have a a, a magical solution at the trade deadline like they did last year. Uh, They might be able to add some pieces if they start to get into contention, but it won't be anything like it was a year ago, and so that makes the dynamics of the division completely different. Uh, And then the fact that you have – Uh, Boston and Baltimore, you know, at the top of the division, uh, you run the risk of falling too far behind and finding a situation that they found themselves in in 2013. So, uh, you know, it really is important for them to bounce back quickly because they don't want to lose too much ground. They want to remain within striking distance here over, over the next couple of weeks.
1: Last week when we were doing the podcast, we talked about Brett Cecil and his role changing um, from being a late inning guy to being a lefty kind of specialist. And now he finds himself on the disabled list. It's a tricep strain. Obviously, he had struggled during the season. Was there any connection there? Um, Was that bothering him before he went on the DL and maybe a cause of some of his struggles on the Hill?
0: Well, it was bothering him for a couple of weeks. It really dates back to that first time that the Jays and Rangers faced each other at the beginning of the month, but that was still at the beginning of, of May, so it, it doesn't really explain the April. I, I think a lot of that was uh, you know, similar struggles than what we've seen from him in the past. It seems like he, he is a notoriously slow starter. There's been a wide variety of reasons for that. Uh, in this case, I don't think it was – uh, specifically, uh, you know the injury. I think that probably played a bit of a role in May. It did seem like he was turning a corner in, in late April, so perhaps that uh, explains the the downward trend after that. But uh, you know, it's, it's a disappointing blow, regardless, losing him, even though he wasn't pitching in top form, because uh, he was supposed to be a big piece of that bullpen down there, and, and they still haven't quite figured out uh, exactly how they're going to bridge the gap to, to Roberto Osuna in the ninth inning.
1: Uh, The Blue Jays added a player this week, and they took him from a uh, a division rival in Jimmy Paredes, claiming him off waivers. Not the first time that they've gotten a player off of waivers from the Orioles, but Paredes got in on Tuesday night, uh, a pinch hit single. Is he going to be on this team for an extended period of time, or are they just looking for a a temporary gap type thing with Paredes?
0: Uh, I think he has a chance to stick around. He kind of fits into that utility type role uh, where they could put him at a number of positions. The defensive side of things isn't really his strong suit, but he does have some versatility there at least. Uh, I think primarily they got him to be a bit of a weapon off the bench. You know, The Jays haven't really had uh, the type of uh, pinch hitter that can come into a game ever since uh, uh, Justin Smoke took over the everyday duties at first base and that platoon with Chris Colabella went away. Uh, Before they did have that one big bat, uh, and now I think they're trying to look for a little bit of another solution there in case, you know, there's situations where you want to pinch it for guys like Ryan Dowens and Darwin Barney.
1: All right. Finally, Gregor, I want to finish things off uh, with a tweet that you threw out there last night about the, uh, the penalties. You said when nobody's happy, it usually indicates a decent middle ground has been found. If you ask me, it has, but I'll surely get ripped for that. Are, are you getting a little Twitter fatigue? Gregor,
0: yeah, I think so. There was <laughs> it was it's been a tumultuous like seventy-two hours. I don't think I've ever had my Twitter blow up quite the way it did. It was Sunday was basically like a, a playoff game with some of the reactions, and then uh, of course there was a lot of angst out there uh, from both sides about which way the suspensions were going. I, I think they did find a relatively good middle ground between the two. I know the Rangers are unhappy about it. The Blue Jays are unhappy about it. Uh, but you know that, that kind of middle goal, I think, is it was a pretty good job overall. But uh, you know, I don't think Twitter will ever uh, let that be known.
1: No, there's no middle ground on Twitter. Absolutely yeah. not. All right, great stuff as always. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Blue Jays edition for Gregor Chisholm. I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next week.